0: Shaking it up with Shaykh Fiyaz, Nightly Ramadan Reflections. من بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نستعين والسلام على سيدنا ونبينا محمد In a prophetic narration, the Messenger وسلم, states لا يكون مؤمن مؤمناً حَتَّى يَكُونُ خَائِفًا رَاجًا That a believer cannot be a believer until he or she is in a state of fear and hope. And in another narration from Imam Zainul abidin alayhi salam, he states, يَا رَاهِبًا رَاغِبًا رَاجًا خَائِفًا I pray to you and I call out to you, O oh my Lord, frightened, but wishful, hopeful, but fearful. And he continues in that same supplication, Dua Abu Hamza al when he states, O oh my Lord, if I see my sins, I become frightened and I'm in a state of fear. But when I take a look at your generosity, I become greedy for it. The human being should be in a constant state of love and of hope in God's mercy and in His compassion while at the same time fearing in His wrath and in His punishment. It's important that when we take a look at ourselves and we take a look at our sins and we take a look at even our good deeds, we should know that God is the all-compassionate and is the all-merciful and is the all-forgiving, but at the same time also be in a state where we recognize that in the same way that God is Arhamul Rahimin, He is the most merciful of those who show mercy, He is also Shadidul shadid aqab He is swift in His judgment. And when He desires to punish, He will punish. Not in a way that we begin to take a look at our sins and we begin to despair in God's mercy, but rather we put forth an effort a little bit stronger than we might have to really, be, to really be in a state of sincerely seeking from Him. And the first phase of worship is the hope that we have in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when we speak about hoping in God's mercy and reality, it's a demonstration of the love of God. You see, hope is that trait which has the potential to drive a human being to do truly remarkable things. When someone has hope and the desire to accomplish something, he or she will go to any and every length to reach that level. If someone, for instance, just has been diagnosed with a terminal illness, God forbid, people who fall into depression and anxiety are very quick to to pass away. Yet those who have hope and really believe that they can get through that difficulty, we have seen so many miracles of people who have just transcended and miraculously by the blessing of God been cured and the difference between true hope and false hope is a fine line and could be the differentiation between having our supplications answered or our, and our sins forgiven or not meaning if I am in a state of real hope and real belief and conviction that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will respond toward my du'a or will forgive my sins, then you're almost certain that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will do so. But a lot of times people make du'a and they supplicate toward Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but within the back of their mind and deep down within their heart, they just don't really have faith that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will respond toward their supplication. And again, hope in God's mercy and in His compassion is in reality a subgroup or a manifestation of true love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when we talk about love of God, as we have reflected on in previous podcast episodes, it's important to understand that love of God can really be understood in three really important frames. The first frame or the first group of people who come and define what love of God means is they state that the human being loves God or to love God in reality is to love his reward and to love the things that he gives us whereby we utilize them to take benefit in this world. For instance, I love God because God gave me life. I love God because God gave me the ability to see and to speak and to hear. Because I've received so many tangible blessings from my creator, I love him. And many people might feel that that is really shallow, but again, the human being is a very lowly creation. And we often only understand things by means of tangible objects or in the means of tangible return. So when we come to the whole Quran and within the traditions of the Prophet and his family, we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that in Paradise we're going to sit on reclined couches and you are going to have rivers beneath you flowing, and you're going to eat really delicious fruits. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, God Almighty, He presents us these examples because He knows that we like things, and that those gifts in paradise are an incentive for us, for us to really go out and work harder. Thus, love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, according to one group of people, is to love God not because we love Him, but because we love what He gives us. But then we see a second group of people who have defined love and hope in God in a very different way. They've stated that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, God has created us with what is known as the fitrah. The fitrah, again, the innate nature by which we have the ability to know and to perceive The Creator. That every human being has been created with this fitrah, with this innate nature to know God. But due to our culture, due to our upbringing, due to our family, due to experiences, we forget the true nature of God. And we don't actually understand God in terms of his essential nature, but the human being has been endowed with this understanding whereby every single one of us, we love mercy and we love love. We love beauty, and we love justice, and we love mercy, and we love compassion. And we love to be loved, and we love those who are generous, and we love to be compassionate, and we love those who show compassion. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the all-compassionate, and He's the all-beautiful, and He's the all-just, and He's the all-generous. In all of these sublime qualities, God is the absolute. And we love God innately within ourselves and true love of God is to love all of those qualities in their most perfect form. So when I see a creation that is merciful, I am naturally drawn to him or her because of the beautiful display of action and character that they have put forth. But then deep down within myself, I realize that God is the all-merciful and the all-compassionate. And thus my love for him transcends my love for anyone of his creation. And then the third group of people who come forth and they speak about what love of God means, they say that this love of God is not a direct love. We don't love God because of what he gives us. Nor we do nor do we love God because of what He is, but rather we love our Creator because He places within our heart his love, and this is what philosophers and ethicists and theologians state is real love of our Creator, where again we don't worship God or we don't pray to Him or fulfil our obligation to Him because. He gives us things in return, meaning that if I pray, He's going to reward me. We don't pray out of His incentive. Nor do we pray to Him or worship Him or fulfill His instruction because we just desire His most perfect qualities. But rather, we love God because He has chosen from amongst His creation those who are looking for Him and those who are seeking from Him placing in our hearts His love. During the month of Ramadan, there are two groups of people. The first group of people are those who at the end of the month, they feel that a really heavy burden has been lifted off of their shoulders because they found fasting and they found standing up for prayer in the darkness of the night as something that was very burdensome, as something that was very difficult. And they feel just happy that the month of Ramadan is over. Then there's a second group of people, who also feel that at the end of the month of Ramadan that a burden has been lifted from their shoulders, but not in the same way as the first group of people. It's because they feel light, because they feel literally that their sins have been removed from their backs. They feel a sense of anxiety in their hearts because they don't know whether God accepted any of their prayers or any of their worship, but more importantly they miss spending that time with God that they did during the month of Ramadan. For those group of people, it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has placed within their hearts His love. And thus they didn't see the fasting as such a difficulty, not in the way that they weren't getting hungry, but they, in spite of getting hungry and in spite of the energy loss and in spite of the late nights, they still love to do it because they knew that it was bringing them closer toward their Creator. That prayer is in itself, waking up in the darkness of the night is difficult, but nonetheless, when they do it, they just enjoy doing it. As Imam Zayn al Abideen states, O oh my Lord, who has tasted the sweetness of your worship and found anything else. For people who are in the second group, it's God who places His love in our hearts, inshallah, because He wants us to love that moment whereby we are pleading to Him for His forgiveness, and seeking from Him in our worship, and asking for Him in our forgiveness. And if we feel like we haven't necessarily experienced that moment where we enjoyed being in a state of conversation with God, then again know that the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is wide and it's vast. And for us to feel that presence of our Creator, we still have a couple of days left within this blessed month. If we put forth an effort, God is going to reach out to us. Remember, God never leaves the believer. God never leaves the one who strives to get to him or her. But it's us who move really far away. And definitely the human being, we go through so many ups and downs and challenges with our faith. But It's important to recognize that the effort that we put forth during the holy month of Ramadan to seek His love, even if we fall and take a couple of steps back, if we put all of our effort, all of our eggs into the basket that is the holy month of Ramadan, even if we fall back, we're still really close to God. But if we don't utilize this month in seeking His proximity, we're just going to fall back that much further. Then it becomes that much more difficult to extend our hand and for Him to extend it to us. Because actually, in reality, it's not difficult for Him to extend His hand to us, but it's difficult for us to go out and reach out to Him. So in the course of these last few nights, let's make sure that we're putting forth our strongest, most concerted, most diligent effort to seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to looking out for His love and to praying to Him in the course of these blessed days and these blessed nights to allow for us to experience what it means to love God in this third dimension, whereby when we take one step to Him, He will take two steps to us and whereby when we call out to him he will place his love in our heart so we will really enjoy the moment of prayers and we will enjoy the moments of fasting in spite of their difficulty because we want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again to really be close to our hearts in the course of the last few days of this holy month alhamdulillah <laughs> rabbil alamin wa sallallahu ala sayyidina وَنَبِيِّنَا مُحَمَّدٍ Muhammad, wa ala Follow Sheikh on Twitter at and look out for him on Facebook.